Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiya, Bab. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well. Excited. Very, very excited. Because we are back, 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 back. It's the podcast you weren't really hoping for it to come back, but it did because we're here and we're not going anywhere. Well, we're here, we're queer, and we're not going anywhere, quite frankly. So welcome along to Series 3. Series 3. Of Bareback, the podcast where we navigate our lives together as a bear couple. And we explore the quirks of our respective cultures. I'm Ben, and I'm British. I'm Benja, and I'm Argentinian. And this week, it's all about... Music. Music makes the people come together. Yeah. In particular, we'll be looking at English-speaking artists who've decided to perform in Spanish and vice versa. Sometimes it works, but as we'll discuss... There's been a lot of cringeworthy moments when pop goes Spanglish. So, Bob, for those who are listening for the first time, let's explain a little bit what our podcast is all about. Well, first of all, I would say aya and welcome. We hope you enjoy spending a little bit of time in our world. Um, obviously, we are Ben and Benha. We are a same name couple living here in glorious Warwickshire in a little corner of England. And we are a couple of bears. Okay, what's a bear? A bear is a member of the LGBTQ community, normally on the larger size. <laughs> Hairier side, maybe? Sometimes. Although you're not very hairy. Well, but... Yeah. Anyway. So that's how we identify, and bareback is us as bears, looking back at our lives, the things that have shaped us as the people we are today, and kind of basically having a bit of a tete-a-tete, head-to-head between our two cultures, British and Argentinian. And hopefully, at some point in this podcasting world that we've thrusted ourselves upon, we will finally determine which culture is best. And it's obviously going to be British. Oh, God, it's Argentinian all the way. <laughs> yeah, here we go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we had a nice break over Christmas and New Year, but it's all bubbling to the surface again. I'm ready. My claws are out. I've been saving all of my Argentinian coolness for Series 3. Coolness? Yeah. Argentinian coolness? Of course. Are you admitting that you're a cool person? Mm, I mean, I wouldn't describe myself as a cool person. Well, you but just sure. did. You just did. No, I just said that I was saving coolness, not that I was cool. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there's a substantial difference there, I think. For the, for the people listening for the first time, this is pretty much it. It's just us bickering um, with each other. Which we do anyway, but, you know, we thought we'd give it to the world. Yeah, exactly. Why not? So, what have we been up to this week? Well, we've been up to a lot, actually. We've been to see the ice hockey. Oh, yeah. So, we obviously live in Warwickshire, very close to the city of Coventry. Actually, UK city of culture this year. So, we've been to Coventry. I mean, we go to Coventry all the time, but we've been specifically quite a lot for all the activities that have been going on. But one thing we haven't done in a while is go and watch the ice hockey. And Coventry is home to the amazing Coventry Blades. Come on, you blades. Oh, when the blades, oh, when the blades, oh, when the blades go marching in. Skating in. 
Oh, skating in. I want to be in that ice rink <laughs> when the plays go marching. Skating. Skating in. Oh, God, you're like the worst fan ever. I think I'm a very good fan. I spent quite a lot of money at the bar. Well, yeah, but that... <laughs> That's not necessarily what makes a fan, does it? What I love about ice hockey in the UK is that they try and Americanise it. So the players, before they start the match, is that right? Yeah, it's a match. Or is it a game? I don't know. Before they start, they come out of this massive inflatable. But it's, you know, in America, there'd be fireworks and, you know, cheerleaders and stuff like that. It's basically like a little bouncy castle at the side of the court. Is it a court? Rink? The rink. I mean, you haven't really seen ice hockey before in the US either, even on TV, haven't you? Can you imagine cheerleaders on the ice rink? Well, really? But what I'm saying is it's just a little bit like compared to what it's like in America. I think you're doing it a disservice. I I had a great time. I think it's really pumped up. And the thing is a very high energy game. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love the music and the commentator. Ryan Penny! I mean, he scored like four times. He did, yeah, yeah. It was a very exciting match. I I, I really don't know the lexicon of ice hockey. I'm really sorry. You don't know the lexicon of sport. But the best thing about going to see the ice hockey is that everything is sponsored. Like, every single thing that happens in the game is sponsored. Particularly the players. And it's not like, oh, so-and-so scored a goal. It's like, X person scored a goal... And they were supported by X person and another X person. And they're all sponsored by people. So it's like, you know, Ryan Penny, for example, who scored the four goals. I don't know the words. Um, He's sponsored by Coventry Sliding Windows, which I just just made me laugh. It made me chuckle quite a lot. To be fair, the one that for me that was a little bit funny was this one player who's actually sponsored by a family. Yeah, the Ryan family. (laughs) It's not even a business, it's just family. They just wanted to sponsor that player. And when they go into the sin bin, that's sponsored by Barry the Butcher. <laughs> and I, I loved it just randomly halfway through the match. They were like, does anyone want a free subway? And they're just like giving out free subways because obviously they're one of the sponsors. Well, but think about it this way. The, the game itself is very energetic. It's very fast and there's a lot of action. But also, it kind of stops a lot. Mm. There's a lot of instances where you hear the whistle and it all stops. Basically, you still want people to keep that high energy. Otherwise, it's a roller coaster of adrenaline, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the moment the whistle goes, you have very loud music, like rock music, and music from our era. A lot of Sun 41 for, one, for some reason. Mm. And you kind of keep that pumping, that energy going, that energy pumping. It was really good. I had a, I had a blast. I mean, for me, the best part is when they have a fight. Well, yeah, it's always good when they when they have fights. It's always entertaining. But why why are they allowed to do that in ice hockey? I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, they really go for it with those sticks. That stick broke in half. Yeah, no, but but they don't fight with the sticks. They can't fight with the sticks. Oh, okay. They can fight, but there's certain rules around it. It's not, as I said, they don't fight with the sticks. Is it a little bit like wrestling, though? Is it are the fight's a bit fake? Mm, I don't think it's fake. But the thing is, they have a lot of protection, so mm. it's, it's not necessarily something that they're going to hurt each other a lot. Well, the other thing we did this week was we went bowling. Actually, the first time 
as a couple in our four and a half year relationship that we have gone bowling together. Yeah. And we went with a couple of friends to a real spit and sawdust bowling alley. I, can we just talk about the visuals that they had on the screens? It was like literally, they have clearly not changed in 20 years. It was like when you got a strike, which I did, um, <laughs> this kind of like girl in her jeans and a crop top came up and it was like she was an extra in a Backstreet Boys and sync video. Well, it was very 1997, the whole imagery, wasn't it? 100%. And I was living for it. I was absolutely living for it. Like, please don't update your... <laughs> don't update your visuals. Live in the past. Absolutely. Because it was just 100% retro value. But we were bowling in a lane next to a father and son, who... I really felt they'd made some quite strange choices in the names that they'd picked for their bowling. Well, you know how you put them, your names on the keyboard and appears in uh, on the screen on top of you, and they decided to put the names as the daddy and the bum. And when I saw that, I thought, mm, that kind of means something different in our world. Mm-hmm. It's like a poor choice of words to be the daddy and the bum. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, awkward. Yeah. I mean, they were having a great time. Yeah, the guy wasn't looked weird, though. He looked like 35 and 75, all in the same person. Yeah, he was wearing a Santa Cruz t-shirt, and I was like, no one's worn those for about 20 years. I don't know. I, I just feel like he looked like Keith Richards. <laughs> From the Rolling Stones, like, 30 years ago, which, again, it, he was still, like, in his 60s. But the daddy and the bum, yeah. It's just just not a great look, is it, when you're out and about? Especially <laughs> especially at a bowling alley. Not great choice of, of names, certainly. <laughs> well, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us in very many different ways, can't you, Bab? Of course. You can look us up on Instagram, at Bareback Podcast. We are on Twitter, at Bareback Podcast. Pod. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Bareback. Or you can send us an email, barebackpodcast at gmail.com. Just like the lovely Sean did. He oh. wrote in over Christmas. And it's been great hearing from you all while we've been on a break, actually, because it's been lovely that new people have kind of joined the podcast. And over Christmas, New Year and the, the holiday period, people have kind of caught up. And it's been really nice hearing people's reactions to some of our earlier episodes that, you know, quite frankly, we've forgotten all about. And it's like, oh, yeah, we said that. Oh, we did that. Um, But Sean says, I'm loving the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I failed the citizenship test, but I have been living in the USA for 22 years now, and I did get my US citizenship. Oh, well done, Sean. Yeah. I love the fact about shooting a Scotsman in York, my favourite spot to visit when I go home. I've never heard that before about, you know, shooting a Scotsman. But I did tell a friend who works for an idiot who claims Scottish heritage and she wants to invite him to York. (laughs) Because obviously it's one of those quirky laws where you can technically shoot a Scotch person within the confines of the York walls, Mm -hmm. the uh, historic city walls, with a bow and arrow, I think, on a Sunday or something, I can't remember. He also made Beef Wellington, as you did in one of the previous episodes, and he finishes by saying, you are both handsome. Oh, thank you. That's really why I've read this particular email out, because it's a bit of an ego boost. But yeah, he's originally from Sheffield, so lovely to hear from Sean. Thank you very much, Sean. Right then. Uh, What was that? 
Oh, I'm just getting into the mood of the musicalityness of this episode, if that's a word. If it's not, I've just made it up. Okay, so, and you decided that the way to do that is by rolling your R's. Shall we move on? Anyway, (laughs) I am... Are you trying to set a romantic mood for today's episode? Mm, Why? Well, I've just noticed that the candle's on in the room. You put it, the candle on. Oh, did I? I completely forgot. (laughs) Should we blow it out, though, because it's probably a health hazard? And I know you do like to use your hands a lot when you're recording the podcast. Yeah, You get quite... You know, when you get quite loud, you move your hands a lot more than you normally would. So I think you should blow it out. Yeah, I'm South American. I talk with my hands. All right. Sorry for breathing. Yeah, just kind of... And for those of you who can't see, which is everybody listening to this, other than me and Ben here, he didn't blow it out with that massive puff. Well, the thing is, I was trying to stay close to the mic rather than close to the candle, so it's the air that blows from my mouth has a longer trajectory to go. Well, Bab, you can do better than that. That's it. Extinguished on his second try. Well done. You got quite a lot of puff there, didn't you? I know, I need a little bit to catch my breath. <laughs> Do you need a moment, Bob? Um, I, I need a second. <laughs> well, today we are talking about music. And when we talk about music, we're not just talking about music, 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 because we could be here for years and years and years. So what specific elements of music are we going to discuss today on the podcast? So we are going to talk today about those singers who decided to cross the pond and decided... That although Spanish may be their first language, they decide to sing in English. Or those singers whose first language is English and decide to sing in Spanish. But what about if if English is neither their first language? I mean, look at ABBA. So both English and Spanish are the second language. So Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Kind of potato-potato, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But uh, they did sing some of their big hits. They re-recorded in Spanish, didn't they? Yeah, they did a whole album in Spanish. So I presume Money, Money, Money became De Niro, De Niro, De Niro. And to be fair, I don't know which songs they they did. So I don't know if they did Money, Money, Money. Surely they did Chiquitita. Um, yeah, they do Chiquitita, dime por qué. And then they continue in Spanish. I don't know the lyrics. Right, first of all, <laughs> major disclaimer, this is a podcast. So we won't be able to play on the podcast the songs that we talk about. <laughs> so the second best is that we'll have to sing them to you. Are we allowed to do that? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Is that legal? I think so. Okay. (laughs) I trust you. I mean... Did you check? I checked, but... Let's just say there's a great area around that. I don't think it's illegal to sing a portion of a song. But, irregardless of the fact that we can't use the original recordings, and we will be singing them, we do need to make a major, major point here that you've just already heard... And that is that Ben Hur is tone deaf. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm tone deaf. I have a good musical ear. I just... <laughs> a good musical ear. Yeah. It's like the most rusty, mankiest ear no, I've no. ever seen in my life. Or no, heard, no. should I say. My musical ear is perfectly fine. It's my vocal cords that are rubbish. <laughs> That's where the... Do you actually have any vocal cords? Yeah, I'm speaking. That's kind of me vocal cords. Okay. It's just that it sounds like... Shit. I mean, I'm no voice of an angel. I'm no Charlotte Church. Don't get me wrong. 
say that again. But I, I feel that, you know, when I sing, at least I don't bring people to tears. And I mean that in a, in a really bad way, not a good way. Are you trying to get people off from listening to this episode? Well, the thing is, you always say my gift to the world is that I don't sing. Yeah, that is true. And literally, we are taking that gift away to the world today. I know, but it's worth it. So brace yourself. I'm singing today. Well, now we've got that out of the way, which I feel was a real weight off my shoulders. Shall we continue? Of course. So the first question that you need to ask is why? Oh my God, why? And why, I mean, why artists would sing in a second language? And to be fair, the answer to that is fairly simple, is to penetrate. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh at that way. <laughs> okay, it's we're penetrating already. <laughs> is to penetrate into that foreign market. Is that what you felt like when you met me? What, that I penetrated a foreign market? Well, kind of. I mean, I wouldn't describe you as a market. <laughs> I mean... What am I, more a, a, a hypermarket or a, a high-end watch store? I would say something like a um, like high street market. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pound shop then and I was about to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a pound shop. A pound is expensive for you. <gasps> Oof. It's a good job I was sat the other side of the table. I know. But anyway, see, the thing is, you keep digressing from the topic, so you bring this on yourself, actually. Mm. So, penetrating for a market. So, the thing is, does it work? Yes, it works. And that's why uh, people do it. We have plenty of examples, but I'm going to put you an example from my teen years. So, I had this Robbie Williams album... The one that had, you know, Angels, Let Me Entertain You. I can't remember the name of it. Which, by the way, traumatized me for life. Why? Because I thought that Robbie William was speaking to me on my dreams. Oh, yes. Was this the bonus track that was like track 48 or something where he read a poem? Kind of. So basically what happened is I used to go to bed and just put on the CD on a Discman. Yeah. And would have my earphones. And would just go to bed listening to it. I'm... Eventually, you fall used asleep. to fall asleep listening to Robbie Williams. Yeah. Oh my God, you were such a gay teenager. I know. The problem is the last track was actually like thirty minutes long. So the the song finished. There was like twelve minutes of silence. Yeah. And then he recites a poem. But because by this time I was asleep, I used to wake up in the morning thinking that I've dreamt <laughs> with Robbie Williams speaking to me. But it wasn't a dream, it actually happened until at some point I realised that actually that song continues to go on, that this doesn't stop. And that's the problem with the digital world that we live in now. Like when you used to get CDs and cassettes, you could have hidden tracks on them. You can't do that on digital stuff because it's got to be there listed. I remember on the Kylie Minogue Light Years album, if you rewound the first track five minutes, you got a secret track that was called Password. And it's a really good song. But I listened to Light Years recently on my phone. And it's actually listed as the first track. So you don't get that joy of having to rewind exactly to five minutes to hear that track. It's just there. Oh, I'm sorry, Grandma, that technology disappoints you. (laughs) Anyway, going back to Robbie Williams. So I have this CD and then Robbie Williams decided to re-edit the CD with angels sung in Spanish. So you had to buy the CD again? No, I purposely did not buy the CD again. It was a crap version of Angels. Oh no. But the thing is, it worked. He kind of became a thing in Argentina to the point that he included Argentina as part of his world tour. And actually he filled like a 50,000 people stadium for one of his concerts. To which I, the gay person, 
attended. And I remember I went with a friend and one of my cousins. And this was like the most old that we have felt in a while. Because by this time, I wasn't a teenager. I was in my 20s. Okay. And there were people going into this concert that were properly teenagers. And the the support band was an Argentinian band called La Portuaria, which had been really, really big, like, in the 90s. Then kind of went away. The singer did his own thing and had his solo career. And they were just reuniting. So they were just sort of regaining popularity. So... They just went as uh, as the support act for Robbie Williams. And I remember this kid, must have been about 16, 17, next to me, whilst La Portuaria was playing, saying, oh, you know, it's like, it's really, really good for, you know, bands like this one that are just starting to be playing a venue like a, a venue like this. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, just starting. Oh. <laughs> they haven't been around, like, for 25 years. Oh, yeah. dear. I mean, fuck off, you kid. But anyway, that's why it works. It fills stadiums, and when he sang Angels, he was singing it in English, because of course he did it in a studio with the words there and phonetically, so he didn't sing it in Spanish. Oh. But all of the audience was singing it in Spanish. So it works. You know when an English-speaking star goes to Argentina, or any other country where they don't speak a foreign language, but I'm specifically using Argentina because you've experienced it, like, do they have the chat with the audience? Because... Presumably, Robbie Williams can't speak Spanish. So what, did he walk on and go, hola, Buenos Aires, and then that was it? Well, yeah, depending on who does, they have more or less conversation. So uh, we Argentinians, a lot of us speak a second language, and it tends to be English. So you do have some interaction, but mostly then what you do is just, you just communicate on phonetics. So you sing on phonetics, so you don't really know the lyric in English, you're just singing on phonetics. So you sing Reebok and Nike. So Reebok and Nike is, let's see if you can um, if you can guess which song it is. No sé si es Reebok o es Nike. Es Nike. No way. Oh yeah. The rhythm of the night. I know you wouldn't say. I love that song, Corona. And I'm not kidding. This is not something that I made up. We literally sing in phonetics like that. And then we have, for example, this is just two words, but you need to get it. It's like, Kiwi Melon, Kiwi Melon, Nacho Nacho. Kiwi Melon, Kiwi Melon. <laughs> Kiwi Melon? Yeah. Kiwi Melon, Kiwi Melon, Nacho Nacho. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's there on the tip of my tongue. No, pass. Give me the order. It was it an eighty song? Yeah. Night tonight. Yeah. Giving it on, giving it on. Night tonight. Yeah. Oh, it's really going to annoy me now. What that yeah, song it's is? Oh, give me the, give me the order. Okay. Something like that. Oh, eh, oh, eh, oh, yeah. The thing is, that one actually became a little bit famous with uh, Sprite. You know, from Coca Cola, they did. It sounds like you've just had the glass of Sprite. Are you alright there, Bob? Yeah. A little bit bubbly? A little bit bubbly. So they had, for a few years, like an ad campaign that it was called Things As They Are. Stop bullshitting. Stop pretending. Just be yourself. And they put, for example, you know, the girl that uses, like, £20 of makeup. The girl that is a gossip but doesn't want to be a gossip. But then just admit it. You're a gossip and you love it. And then it's like, in the concert, you don't really know the lyrics. You just sing, and it's like, Kiwi Melon, Kiwi Melon. So that's how concerts work, really. Okay, Robbie Williams, he did Angels in Spanish. What is, what's the word for angel in Spanish? Angeles. I'm loving angeles instead. 
Yeah, but I think he just used the singular uncle. Oh. So angel's uncle, it's easier. <laughs> are you my angle? Yeah, are you my angle? My guardian angle. Is there an acute angle? <laughs> okay, so, any others? Oh, a lot of them. Um, again, some of them have done it really, really different approaches. Some of them have been more successful. Some of them have not. So, amongst the medium level is Avril Lavigne. Now, Avril Lavigne did Girlfriend, but she... Oh, oh, you, you, yeah. you want me my girlfriend? That one. Yeah. But she didn't do the whole song in Spanish. She only did the chorus in Spanish. Okay. But there's a reason for that, because actually she did the chorus in eight different languages. Treat yourself, Avril. Basically, she wanted to multiple penetrations into foreign markets. <laughs> so she did it in Spanish, in French, in Portuguese, in Mandarin, in Japanese. So she did it in eight languages and released the song basically like nine times. Okay. It has to be said, Avril Lavigne's pronunciation in Spanish, not great. It sounds a little bit rough, but it, it goes a little bit like, it goes like, the, hey, hey, you, you. Why am I singing in English? I'm trying to... <coughs> I don't know. It's a, rewind. Yeah, rewind. Yeah. Hey, hey, tu, tu, Oreo a tu novia. No, 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 necesites una nueva. Hey, hey, yo, yo podría ser tu novia. Mm, mm. Hey, hey, tu, tu, yo sé que me gustas. No, 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 es un secreto. Hey, 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 tu, quiero ser tu novia. Chung, chung, chung. And we've just lost about 300 listeners there. I know. Bye. <laughs> We'll post the links to, you know, like, videos, YouTube, things that we actually can do in our socials. But, and you can hear the pronunciation there, it's awful. But I put it there, like, in the medium spectrum. Because there's an effort there. There's an effort to do it in eight languages. I mean, I give her credit. Well, if we're talking about recording multiple languages, and we're going back to the great Kylie Minogue. Okay. What's my favourite Kylie song? I can take you off of my head. Mm, that's probably my second or third. Slow? No. The Locomotion? No. Path? Your Disco Needs You. Oh, yeah. The I greatest should... album track of all time. Although it was released as a single in Germany. So the middle bit, before the final chorus, she does kind of like a call to arms and she does it on the English version in French, randomly. Mm -hmm. But she also recorded, and it goes, Vous êtes jamais seul, vous savez ce qu'il faut faire, ne laissez pas tomber votre nation, la disco a besoin de vous. That's in French. Yeah, yeah. She also did it in German. Okay. Japanese. And Spanish. Okay. So here we go. This is Kylie Minogue, Your Disco Needs You, in Spanish. Okay. With my terrible pronunciation. Nunca estás sola. Sabes lo que tienes que hacer. No vayas a tu pueblo. Tu discoteca te necesita. Oh, that's nice. Can you translate and I'll tell you if it's the same as the English? You're never alone. Yeah. Uh, what was the second phrase? Nunca estás solo. You're never alone. You're never alone, yeah. You know what you have to do. Don't go to your town. Don't go to your town. Yeah. Ah, Okay. Tu discoteca te necesita. Your discoteca needs you. Yeah. So it's slightly different to the French version because that's... Um, no laissez pas tomber votre nation. Don't let down your country. Yeah. Your disco needs you. So there's a slight 
discrepancy there. But well, I suppose they've got to make it rhyme, haven't they? And, and that's the thing. The thing is, is so for example, in the Avril Lavigne one, I, I think she says in uh, in one point, "I know that you like me," but in Spanish, she says, "Yo sé que me gustas." It's like, "I know that I like you." So you have to make it work with the lyrics, and sometimes that does mean that you lose some of the accuracy in the translation. Mm-hmm. But you can see why you can see why the artist would want to record in Spanish. How many million native Spanish speakers do you think there are in the world? Well, Spanish as a first language is the second most spoken language in the world behind Chinese. Correct. So I don't know, a few hundred million, four hundred and fifty million, and then English is just behind Spanish, three hundred sixty million native mm-hmm. speakers. But then when you look at it the other way. English is the most widely spoken language in the world. Yeah. 1.5 billion people can speak English, mainly as a second language. So you can see why Spanish artists would want to record in English. Okay. Now, if you want it well done, you do have to go to Queen Bee. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. So she is she's kind of highly regarded as someone who has sung well in Spanish. Well, she hasn't done it a lot, but she did it replaceable in Spanish. Oh, I love that song. She did the whole song in Spanish. And actually, it's a very good example on how the lyrics don't have to match. And they don't actually match. There's no translation to it. So, for example, how does the song start? To the left, to the left. Now, in Spanish is, Ya lo ves, ya lo ves. Te olvide, te olvide. In Spanish, she's singing, can you see, I've got over you. Ah. So the lyrics don't have to match it. To be fair, the thing about Beyonce when she did Irreplaceable is that, and again, I'm not particularly a massive Beyonce fan. You know that. I'm okay with it. I listen to her, but I'm not... I'm okay with it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say, ooh, and change the radio. Or something like that, if, if a song comes up. But I'm not going to purposely listen to it. But her pronunciation is bang on. It's really good. And also, she sang it in Spanish throughout her Latin American tour. Oh, so she clearly learnt it. She learnt it, and she made the effort. She wasn't doing it just for penetration purposes. She was actually committed to it. She learnt it, she used it. She pronounced um, really well. Given the lyrics doesn't really match at all. It's a completely different song in Spanish. It's just full of the same melody. But it's really, really well done. And with my beautiful Beyonce voice, I'm going to give you a sample of it. Oh, I can't wait. I know. Okay, so we've gone through the first beat. Ya lo ves, ya lo ves. Te olvide, te olvide. And then when you... She did the whole song and so blah, blah, blah. And then she gets into the chorus. is Que sabes tú de mí? No me hagas reír. Tú creías que eras imprescindible. Pero sin tu amor no voy a morirme. Baby. Que sabes tú de mí? No me hagas reír. Me verás con otro hombre a mi lado. Ya lo ves, traidor. Voy a sustituirte. A olvidar tu amor. Stunning. It's like Beyonce is here in the room with us right now. Yeah. If you had any secret to say, say no, no one's listening after that. <laughs> also, you know, like when somebody sings to you 
and it's like one on one and it's like really cringe. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite cringe. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really know where to look. I was like, do I look at you? Do I look at the floor? Do I just like shut down my body completely? But I stuck it out, so well done. Yeah. Um I, I, I broke through the cringe. You know, like there's nothing worse than um, I remember I went on a date with somebody and they got a guitar out and they serenaded me. And on paper, and when you see it in films, it sounds wonderful. But when there's somebody like literally spitting distance away from you, singing to you, I actually find it the most cringeworthy thing in the world. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be here. I just want to run away. And the thing is, it it sounds really romantic for like 20 seconds. <laughs> then afterwards, it just becomes awkward. <laughs> but then again, Bab, I'm, I, it has to be said, I want people that I'm not a singer... I'm definitely not a singer. I absolutely, definitely not a singer. But if I were, it would be unfair, Bab. I'm smart. I'm hot. I can cook. I mean, if I sang, can you imagine? I would be like a, what, a quadruple threat? It's just, <laughs> might be too much on the world. I don't know about a quadruple threat. You'd be a danger to society. I think that's what you'd be. And with my cooking, danger to arteries all over the world. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to not allow your head to get any larger than it needs to be. And I'm going to ask you now, we've seen some middle-of-the-road translations in music. We've seen some very good ones. I want to hear the really bad ones. Oh, so there's a couple. The first one, everyone will know. And I'm really not going to sing it. Because it's just, I refuse. But it's a really, really interesting one, which is uh, Justin Bieber featuring in Despacito. Okay. Now, the really interesting bit about it is that, actually, Despacito was already in line to be the most viewed video on YouTube before Justin Bieber featured it. And actually, if you look at the one that has, like, I don't know, 100 billion views... I don't know how many... Has, is there that many eyeballs on the planet, even if you count, like, all the animals as no, well? No, really, but it, but it is, like, 17 billion views, something wow. like that, in, um, uh, on YouTube. The version that has those 17 billion views is the original, is the one without Justin Bieber. The significance of it is that ever so often, ever, every seven, eight years, every ten years, there's a huge, massive penetration... <laughs> I love it that you still laugh at it. Um, <laughs> of music in Spanish into the um, English world. So you have La Bamba in 1987. Para bailar La Bamba. What does La Bamba mean? It's just the name of the dance. Para bailar La Bamba, to dance the, ah. the Bamba. Then you have Bamboleo in 1988. By the Gypsy Kings, who are not even... Spanish? Mm, well, they're French, but they have Catalan descendants. Ah, okay. So they qualify for that. Yeah. Then you had, for example, in 2006, Gasolina, you know. La, a ella le gusta la gasolina. Dame más gasolina. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, not only have I heard the voice, not of an angel, Ben-Hur, um, what you didn't see just then was his... I want to say sexy, but I'm going to say that in air quotes. Sexy dance moves to accompany that rendition of Gasolina. I'm sexy as hell. You were like twerking on your chair there, Bab. 
Okay. Well, the point <laughs> okay. is... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. The point is, is like these... Um, every 10 years, every 5 years, 6 years, there's always this inclusion. And we are going through quite a very long spell of it. Because it started in about 2000, 2006 with Gasolina. Then it kind of went away. But then it came back... And it came back with Despacito, then, you know, Little Mix sang with everyone singing with Maluma. He's hot as well. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. If you, yeah, he's hot. If you like that style, that's hot. Not a bad, though. And Rosalia. Rosalia. And the part that I find really, really interesting is that there are now singers who are starting to really create a huge mashup. Because uh, uh, Rosalia, she sings in Spanish, she sings in Catalan, she sings in English. It's a whole merger where language kind of doesn't matter anymore, to some extent. And it's good to see that mashup of cultures. It's just the semantics of what you're trying to say. That's, yeah. that's what you're getting across. And then a lot of it has to do with Despacito and, and how it became famous in English. But Justin Bieber singing awfully in Spanish in, uh, in Despacito is not the worst. <laughs> The absolute worst, the, like, historical worst, the worst of the worst of the worst, is Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi did a version in Spanish of Bed of Roses. And it's the most awful thing that you've ever seen. And that shows the difference between your Beyoncé's and your Bon Jovi's. The Bon Jovi one is an afterthought. The guy barely learned the lyrics by phonetics. He didn't know what the hell he was singing. They weren't even interested. If you see Beyoncé's the video of Irreplaceable, she actually does the video in Spanish as well. And she sings in Spanish in the video. If you see the video of Bed of Roses <laughs> from Bon Jovi, it's really weird. It's kind of... All of these shots of John Bon Jovi with the mic blocking his face <laughs> all on a distance and with the face to the side so you don't know exactly what he's, what he's singing. They're, they're hiding the fact that he didn't actually sung in Spanish for the video. It's just the same images from the, uh, from the original video that has been re-edited to try and pass as he was singing in Spanish and fails miserably because you can notice <coughs> that he's not singing in Spanish. A bit of bad lip-syncing as well. It's not bad lip-syncing, it's just not in Spanish. Because mm. mm. uh, the reason why I was saying about lip-syncing is I fell asleep the other night in front of the television and you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and the TV's still on and you've got those awful advertorials that are on mm -hmm. and it's always like some German cleaning product and they dub it into English and it's like the mouth is com doing yeah. completely different what the voice is saying it's, like, it's exactly that it's, it's a complete afterthought he didn't sing it in, in Spanish other than in that recording and to be fair I'm kind of grateful that he didn't his pronunciation is appallingly bad it's like um, here it goes prepare yourself um, everyone who wants just mute for about 15 seconds. <laughs> it's like when they announce the football results on, yeah. the, on the news. Exactly. Like, if you don't want to know, turn away now. Yeah, if you want to survive, mute it now. It, it goes like, I, I'm going to do a little bit of the pronunciation, I'll, I'll try, uh, that he did. It's like, Quiero tener tu amor entre vino y rosas Y olvidar por fin el dolor de ayer. Cerca de ti, ser tu nombre. 
Ser tu sombra, tener tu amor en una cama de rosas. Right, I've got two comments after that. First off, you were giving serious 80s power ballad face then. Well, he's better for Rosie, see, he's an 80s power ballad. Well, that was my other question. What Bon Jovi song was that? Yeah, it's better for Rosie's. How does it go in English? I want to lay you down in a bed of roses. Oh, right, okay. I mean... <laughs> it's a very big Bon Jovi song from I'm, the I, I'm sure, I, you know, I, I'm not the world's leading expert on Bon Jovi, so... I'll have to take your word for it on that one. Yeah, so I think that Bon Jovi is the absolute worst. It's probably just as bad as hearing me singing it. <laughs> it's awful pronunciation. Which was quite bad, let's yeah. be honest. It's an afterthought. He did not make an effort. It's, it, it, it was just lazy. It was complete and absolute lazy effort. And how was it received in the Spanish-speaking world? Uh, everyone laughed at him. Like, literally everyone laughed at him. It was like TV shows laughed at him newspapers laughed at him, everyone laughed. So, for comedic value, A+. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think we've got a grasp there of the different kind of English-speaking artists who have tried to sing in Spanish. But obviously, it works both ways. Of course. There's been lots of Spanish-speaking artists who have made it in the English-speaking world. Now, the first one mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Okay. I'm going to give you some fun facts about this person. Okay. So it's a little quiz. Mm. And I've got quite a few, and we'll see if you can get who it is from these fun facts. Do I need to wait till you finish the fun facts? If I know it, I can shout it. As soon as you know it, just say, I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. And if you are right, then I'm still going to read the rest of the facts out, because there's some, some really good facts here. Okay. <laughs> So you ready for your fun facts musician quiz? Let's go for it. So first fact. This person has sold more than 140 million albums worldwide in both Spanish and English. So combined? Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Shall I carry on? Yeah. This artist also is an artist. They love to paint. The favourite thing for this singer to paint is fried eggs. Um, go on, I think I know. This person performs mainly in barefoot. Or bare feet. Do you say bare feet or barefoot? When asked what career they would have chosen if they weren't a musician, they said they probably would have become a psychologist Mm -hmm. or an astronomer. Am I right? Who's that? Oh, that's Shakira. It is Shakira, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. Well done, well done. A million pounds not coming to you. La 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 felicidad. So, some other really interesting facts about Shakira. She's from Colombia, we know that. But she can speak multiple languages, as well as Spanish and English. She also speaks Portuguese, Arabic and Italian. Mm-hmm. Gloria Estefan and her ex-husband, Emilio Estefan, who was actually Shakira's manager at one time, mm-hmm. they actually helped her learn English. Oh, that's nice. I, yeah. love, I love Gloria Estefan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, interesting about Gloria Estefan as well. We are going off on a slight tangent here. But prior to making this big singer, did you know that she used to work at Miami International Airport in their customs department as a translator? Oh. And apparently she was even approached by the CIA as a potential recruit at one point. Wow. Before she became big as a singer. Anyway, back to Shakira. She met her husband 
uh, footballer Gerard Piquet when she recorded the FIFA 2010 World Cup song. Oh, I have issues with that one. What was the song called, though? Waka Waka. And when they filmed the music video together, he told her, I'm going to win the World Cup just so I can see you again at the finals. And what happened? Yeah, Spain won there. Spain won, and they saw each other at the finals. So he did, yeah. They also share the same birthday, February the 2nd, although she is 10 years older than him. So are you going to talk about your... My beef with Waka Waka? Yeah. So the beef with Waka Waka is that it's not original. So the only reason why she could use it is because after she tried to pass it as an original song, the whole of Latin America said, hold on, bitch, we've heard this before. (laughs) And actually, they're saying... A song from the 1980s, which was performed by an orga group. So all of these girls, they sang, they play all of the instruments. There were like 12 of them, Las Chicas del Can. And they have a song that has the exact same lyric. So they do the exact same, uh, the, the exact same bit. The problem is the guy who wrote it did not have the copyright for it. Uh, now the problem is not necessarily that she used it is that at first she kind of tried to play dumb like oh this is an original song and it's like at least own it she then owned it so I'm fine with that and to be fair I'm a big Shakira supporter I really like Shakira I do prefer Shakira in Spanish mm-hmm. I do prefer Shakira early days mm-hmm. she sang really really good scorn woman songs and her lyrics in Spanish are actually brilliant and i don't know i feel that the first few songs that she translated to english were fine but then they just kind of dumbed her down mm-hmm. and the songs became like just dumb pop whereas shakira in spanish was kind of like smart pop it was like really really intense full of feeling pop and then you got she wolf she Wolf is iconic. That's not dumbed down pop. It is dumbed down. No, pop. I'm sorry. I, I I refuse to. I refuse to agree with that one. That is an iconic Shakira song. Yeah, but listen to the lyrics. It's crap. It's dumb pop. But just because the lyrics are not like hoped poetry doesn't mean that it's not good pop music. Well, in my bit. I mean, it was hugely successful. But I prefer Shakira's lyrics in Spanish. I think they were deeper. They were more meaningful. And they still made four amazing songs. I mean, the lot, the list of Spanish artists who have who have sung in English is really, really long. And we could again do a whole episode on that. Enrique Iglesias, Mark Anthony. We've talked about Gloria Estefan, mm-hmm. Ricky Martin, who is looking amazing at the moment. I, I saw an article of him the other day. I was he's like, like fifteen. Woof. I mean, he's really come into his own, hasn't he? Well, to be fair, he was always an attractive man. It's just that now it's kind of giving you, like, a mature man sexy vibes. Absolutely. And perhaps one of my most favourite as well is Pitbull, the absolute master of Spanglish, a.k.a. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. We love Pitbull. Yeah. So I just looking into Pitbull before we, we did this episode, some of his lyrics, I mean, these are just beautiful uses of the English language. So, I know what you mean, Caliocho. There's a line that says, Mammy got an ass like a donkey with a monkey. Look like King Kong. I mean, that's just beautiful, isn't it? One of my favourite Pitbull songs, Timber, featuring Kesha. Yeah. I'm slicker than an oil spill. She says she won't, but I bet she will. Timber. I mean, it's just beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's poetry. And my favourite 
favourite Pitbull lyric on the floor, which he did with Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful song. And there's a bit when it goes, that badonkadonk is like a trunk full of bass on an old school Chevy. Seven tray donkey donk. I know. It's, again, so romantic as well, isn't it? I feel like I need a PhD just to understand what it means, but listening to it and having it read out like a poem, you just appreciate those lyrics even more. So I, I, I'm i assuming then that beatball was a thing in the UK as well? Huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did his own stuff. He did, obviously, a lot of featured stuff. He even teamed up with a lot of English bands as well to do songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was massive here. And what about J-Lo? Was J-Lo a thing here? Yeah. My love don't cost a thing, 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 thing. Jennifer Lopez is one of the, those artists that has sung a lot in English and Spanish. She did that film about Selena. Oh, yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah. So, and she was very much of an advocate of sort of maintaining those Latin roots and singing in Spanish. And she sings a lot in Spanish. But with all those considered, those massive artists who've sold hundreds and hundreds of millions, there are two songs that I really want to focus on where they were big in Spanish and then they translated over to the English speaking market. Okay. The first one, okay, I'm going to say the lyrics in English. Okay. Although they were never actually sung in English. They, th- this part of the song was still in Spanish. And I want you to translate it to Spanish and see if you can guess what the song is. Okay. Give your body some joy. Okay. I mean, I'm, we're already telling people what it is if I start. Well, you need to sing the song then. Okay. In so Spanish. You say the phrase in English. Okay. Because it's give your body some joy, comma. I didn't say the next bit because obviously that would give it away. Okay. So give your body some joy. Dale a tu cuerpo alegría, Macarena. Que tu cuerpo es para dar la alegría, cosa buena. Dale a tu cuerpo alegría, Macarena. Hey, Macarena. Ah! I mean, I have to say, this is probably the greatest one hit wonder of all time. It stayed in the US Hot 100 for 60 weeks. That's the longest reign of a number one of all time until Adele came along with Rolling in the Deep, and that was 15 years later. Wow, Adele, the throne of Del Rio. Well, with that record. Yeah. So the singers, Antonio and Raphael, they reportedly still make $250,000 a year from this song. Mm-hmm. Can you remember the dance routine? Yeah, of course. It's one of those dance routines that is literally, with Wigfield Saturday Night, it's just ingrained in our DNA. So the question about that I have about the Macarena here in the UK, because the Macarena um, it's a song in Spanish, and then they re-edited with the whole, basically just the chorus in Spanish and then the rest in English. Mm-hmm. But the original one is actually all in Spanish. Of course, yeah. So which one made it here? Was it the one when once it was re-edited to the English bits? Yes, as you say, it was remixed for the English market. A really fun fact about that remix, actually, the one that became the version that we know in this country the laugh before the beat kicks in you know that <laughs> yeah that is actually Alison Moye who is a British singer and it's a sample of the track she did as part of Yazoo situation it's really really interesting and if you listen to Yazoo they did don't go massive massive duo in the 80s and that laugh is the um, is the sample of, of Alice and Moya which again was a really really interesting fun fact but the original song as you say apparently it was written on the spot when wow. one half of the duo saw a local flamenco teacher in Venezuela called Diana now obviously we know the song is not hey Diana the name was changed to Macarena in honour of the other half of the duo's daughter so 
There you are. Okay, so the thing is, it was a global hit. It's just that we listened to the version that was completely in Spanish, but it was an absolute global hit everywhere. I kind of feel like $250,000 is <laughs> not enough for how much that song is listened all around the world. And actually, as well, you know a Macarena, don't you? Yeah, I know a few Macarena. It's a name in Spanish, it's a relatively. But is it a little name. bit like. Is it a little bit like when Alexa came out? You know, people who were called Macarena. Before then, we're like, oh, that's fine, that's fine. People who were called Alexa before Amazon brought out Alexa were like, oh, that's fine, or fine. Now they hate the fact that they are called Alexa. Well, the people who were called Macarena before the song didn't particularly hate it and don't particularly hate it. But it's like, if you decide to name your child now Macarena, everyone says, oh, I am Macarena. And it's like, literally, I can tell you, what's the name of your child? Oh, Macarena. Literally, the whole response of the whole Argentinian population, probably the whole Latin American population, to say, oh, what's her name? Macarena. Eh, Macarena. Ha! I suppose it's a little bit like Gloria as well. If she called somebody called Gloria and they go, Gloria, Gloria. Or even... Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Well, it's... Oh, yeah. Come on, Eileen. But we've forgotten the most obvious. The elephant in the room here, guys. Me? Ben. Because Michael Jackson recorded a song called Ben, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. And it's the worst part about it. Ben, the two of us. The worst thing about it, though, is it's about a dead rat. That Michael Jackson had a rat called Ben and it died. And he wrote a song about it. Thank God that it's not a famous song. Yeah. Well, it's massive. Mm. Oh, it was. So, Macarena. Now, the other thing about the Macarena as well, which I love, is that they it was so popular in this country that they re-released it at Christmas time, basically just with some sleigh bells in the background. And instead of... They would have the chorus, which was the Spanish Macarena, mm-hmm. and then they would kind of blend in, like, some Christmas songs. So it had Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, had a very shiny nose, hey, Macarena. But... As far as I'm concerned, Christmas doesn't start in this house until we've heard the Christmas Macarena. Well, I'm sorry, but I I do have to bring this up. When we were on holidays one, <laughs> you made it a case to play a song that I had never heard before that was like a remix of the Macarena with Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Oh yeah, that was Mike Flowers Pops. So he was really popular for about, well, for like a hot minute, basically, in the, in the 90s, early noughties. And he recorded songs of that era in a kind of lounge style he did Wonderwall by Oasis you're my Wonderwall but yeah he also did around the time the film came out with Madonna he recorded Don't Cry For Me Argentina and randomly the middle eight bit is a little bit of the Macarena but they changed the lyrics to something like gonna make a movie gonna star Madonna hey Argentina or something like that wasn't it yeah I felt insulted you loved it I've still felt insulted. I can love something and still feel insulted. Okay. Well, less about you, young man. Okay. And more about the singing. So, you said you had two songs. I do have it. And the other one is just brilliant. Because there's so much stuff that we can talk about this song. I'm taking you back to 2002. Mm-hmm. The artist is Last Ketchup. Oh, God, no. The Please song, no. the ketchup song. Open brackets... As at a hey, close brackets. Now, before we did this episode, and before I did my due diligence on the research, I actually thought this song was sung in Portuguese. 
<laughs> okay. But there's a reason for that, because a Brazilian girl group, Rouge, covered the song in the same year Last Ketchup released their version in Spanish. Their version is called Ragatanga. Okay. Fun fact. So despite this, in all three versions, the original Spanish, the Spanglish version, which is the one that became popular here, and the Portuguese, the nonsensical chorus remains. I mean, yeah, it has to be said, just for anyone who doesn't speak Spanish, the chorus of Acerje, it, it, it's not words. It's not words in Spanish. I don't think it's words in any language. But I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. Because when I found this out, it was like... You know when you discover that Natalie Ambrulia's Torn is a cover? Yeah, I know. And you feel like you've discovered a part of the world that you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. I'm about to make you discover a part of the world that you didn't know existed, and all our listeners. Okay. The ketchup song, if you listen to the lyrics, the lyrics that actually make sense, mm-hmm. is about a young man named Diego. Yeah. Who enters a nightclub. Mm-hmm. The DJ... A friend of Diego's plays Diego's favourite song. Okay. Now, that favourite song is Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Okay. And Diego dances and sings along to the song, imitating its chorus with Spanish gibberish. So he's doing a kiwilimong. Exactly. So azareje is therefore a meaningless word. We've already established that. But the chorus... Can you just sing a little bit of the chorus of the ketchup song? Okay, yeah. So l- let me do the choreo as well, so, because I, I kind of have to do both. Again, it's ingrained in our DNA. Yeah, the, exactly. the, the ketchup yeah. song dance is, is part of our shared DNA. I know. It's like, ha, deje, deje de de you know, Mahavi and the boogie and the widi di pi. Acereje, ha, deje, deje de jeverese, you know, Mahavi and the boogie and the widi di pi. Okay, thank you for that. That was, that was a really nice rendition. Probably one of the best renditions you've done today. Now, the Sugar Kill Gang, Rapper's Delight, how does that start? It goes. I said a hip, hop, the hippie, the hippie, to the hip, the hop, then don't you stop the rock. It's the bang, bang, boogie, to the um, to the boogie, to the rhythm of the boogie, the beat. It's basically the ketchup song. Okay, so let's try to start at the same time, and I'll do a sereje, and you do the beat. Okay. okay, three, two, one. I said a hip, hop, the hippie, the hippie, to the hip, hip, hop, don't you stop the rock. To the bang, bang, boogie, say up, jump the boogie, to the rhythm of the boogie, the beat. Oh, wow. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but... Mind blown. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? When you realise that, basically, the ketchup song is a pastiche of Sugar Hill Gang. See, when I tell you that the Kiwi Limon thing is a thing, it's actually a thing that, evidently, just made it into music. Now, it has to be said about La Ketchup as well. As much as this song is really, really fun, they're kind of like the cheeky girls from Spain. Cheeky, cheeky. I mean... Touch my bum, this is life. I mean, they're not great singers. If you've ever heard them live, I mean... I'm coming from me, particularly. <laughs> they're not amazing singers. It's, it, but it's just a fun song. It's just fun to do the choreo, the choreo. But you say it's a fun song. But it's so much more than that. Because, of course, with the rise of the internet... There are rumours and conspiracy theories online suggesting that rather than it be gibberish, the lyrics lead the listener to Satanism and heresy. Oh, wow. Now I'm interested. Okay, right. Bear with me on this one. Azareje. Yeah. That can be broken down into the Spanish phrase a ser hereje, meaning a ser hereje. 
Yeah, to be heretic. Correct. In Hebrew, the chorus appears to say, God, let go of your being. Okay. Now, one of the lyrics in the song says this. Y donde más no cabe un alma. Where there isn't room for a soul. Yeah, that's just a regular expression in Spanish. Supposedly that refers to hell. It's a normal expression. So if you go to a place that is really, 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 really full, what's even smaller than a pin? Something that you cannot touch, the soul. Mm-hmm. So you cannot even feed a soul. It means that it's, it's that full. It's a normal expression in Spanish. I, I think that one, someone is really reading a lot into it. Okay, what about this lyric? Y el DJ que lo conoce toca el himno de las doce. Okay. The DJ who knows him plays the midnight hymn. Well... This refers, according to the conspiracy theorists, to satanic rituals which occur at midnight. Okay, but himno in Spanish can also be translated into English as anthem. So it can be translated as hymn, but it's also translated into anthem. And I think you're suggesting that people didn't take this seriously. No, I'm suggesting that you're giving too much credit to the intelligence of Las Ketchup. Well, some people did take this seriously. One TV channel in Mexico, shout out to Mango TV banned the video because of all those reasons that I've just said. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love La Ketchup. I love that song, but really? And just to put a line under its brilliance, there's also a Christmas version. (laughs) What's a Christmas version? It's basically the exact same song with somebody playing sleigh bells constantly in the background throughout the whole track. Oh, God, that sounds painful. If Spanish has given anything to the English-speaking world, the Ketchup song... And Macarena, I think it has done an incredible job. I mean, again, you could have talked about La Bamba, you could have talked about Rosalia, you could have talked about so many um, so many things, and we did actually talk about them, but <laughs> the ones that you pinpoint about being like the Latin influences is Let's Ketchup. I'm sorry, but when you hear that song, no matter who you are, how old you are, what generation, what background, what ethnicity, what sexuality, it's guaranteed to get you on your feet and having a good time. It's a pure moment of joy. Both of those tracks. To be fair, if we're taking the ridicule, I have an honourable honorable mention. Oh, is this the epilogue of the episode? I'm, so, a few years back, I'm talking about 12 years, 15 years now. When you were in your 40s? Yeah. Pretty much. There was this girl, this Peruvian girl, and she was like 11, and she's called Wendy Zulka, became a massive unexpected hit through YouTube. But the reason why she did is because she sings, uh, she sang songs that were really, really wrong for all of the wrong reasons. The first song that I've heard from her is called Beer, Beer. So basically, Cerveza, Cerveza. And it's this little, like, 10-year-old girl singing cerveza cerveza quiero tomar cerveza porque mi amorcito se ha ido lejos so basically she's thinking that she wants to drink beer because she suffered a lot in life because her love <laughs> her love has gone far away 10 years old but i mean she obviously had a rough upbringing i mean if you think that that's her being too young for it then we have the other extreme. She sang another song called La Tetita. As in boobies? Yeah, the titty. <laughs> and the lyric of this song is basically her saying how her mum is taunting her with her titty. 
Well, I mean, is that because she wants to be older, so hers will form? Or is it because she's reminiscing to when she used to have milk? It's breastfeeding. It's a breastfeeding song. I mean, again, in Cerveza Cerveza, she's way too young to be singing about, about uh, what she's singing. In La Tetita, she's singing something that she's way too old for, which is breastfeeding. And literally, it's like, the lyrics is literally, whenever I see my mummy, she's taunting me with her titty. Wow. And she wants her titty. Now, the reason why I bring this as an honourable mention is because she's grown up now, and actually, her voice has developed, she trained, she's a far better singer now. Does she still sing about boobs? She doesn't sing about boobs, she's a little bit more like, she always sang in very sort of traditional Peruvian style, and now she merges it a little bit with a little bit more pop, but actually, she did a version of Like a Virgin. Okay. Where she sang part of the lyric in Spanish. Okay. So, and that's why it's my honourable mention. Okay, so... We're talking about sort of the the ridicule. So, in the UK, we used to have this game show. Okay. It was a massive, massive show, a talent show, on a Saturday night, millions tuned in, called Stars in Their Eyes. And basically, members of the public would come on, and they would impersonate a famous singer. So they'd come on and, you know, they'd chat to the host about their, you know, their regular lives. And then the host was called Matthew. Mm -hmm. And they would turn to Matthew, Matthew Kelly, legend. And they would turn to Matthew and they would give him a few facts about the singer and so people could guess. And then they'd say, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be blah, 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 blah. Then they'd go to the back of the stage and it was proper like 80s neon. They'd go into this triangle. The dry ice would come up. The music would play, and then they'd come immediately back out through dry ice, because obviously it was pre-recorded, the magic of television, and they would be made up to look like the singer, and then they would sing a song by that famous singer, and at the end of the show, the audience would vote who they thought most sounded like the singer. So it wasn't necessarily if they looked like them, it was how they sounded. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, closing out the main section of today's episode, who are you going to be, Ben-Hur? Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Wendy Sulka being Madonna. Sentía que algo iba a pasar. Me preocupaba no estar bien. Get your lighters out, guys. Te busqué dentro de mí hasta que te encontré. Te encontré. Junto a mí me perdí. Me perdí. Encontré. Encontré. Mi propia identidad. Tú me haces sentir. Yeah. Yeah. Tan brillante como un rubí. Me gustas así. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Like a virgin. Oh, that bit's in English. Yeah, James, give me a second. Oh, sorry. Like a virgin. Ooh. Touch for the very first time. Una virgen dentro mío. Woo! Thank you, Wendy Sulka. I love you. Big fan. Wow, that's what we all need in our lives. A little bit of Wendy. Not titty Wendy, not beer Wendy, like a virgin virgin Wendy. Like a virgin Wendy. And and that's the thing. I think he's worked in her craft. She trained as a a singer. 
and she's doing really well. I'm all to her. Praise be. Praise be to a bit Wendy. Praise be, Wendy. What a lovely way to finish the show. But have we got it right? Have we said all the main artists who are mainly Spanish-speaking have sung in English and English-speaking artists who have sung in Spanish? Have we mentioned your favourite translated song? Yes. Yeah, do share them with us. We are at BarebackPod on the Twitter. We are at BarebackPodcast on Instagram. And we are also on the Facebook. Just search us, Bareback, you'll find us eventually. Or you can send us an email at barebackpodcast at gmail.com. And I encourage you to send us voice notes of you singing your favorite translated <laughs> songs, audio files. People, if I've done it, you can't be worse than me. So you're already starting winning. I mean, Bab, you've really put yourself out there this week. I mean, if I don't get any message from some of our listeners with actual voice note of them singing, I'm going to be disappointed because you already know that you're better than me. <laughs> So, Bab, I think I know the answer for this, but can we finish, instead of our regular song, with Nas Ketchup's Acereje? You know, like a fade, like, Acereje, ah, deje, deje, reserves, you know, I'm married. I love a fade on a song. It's so 80s, isn't it? Yeah. Songs don't really fade anymore, do they? They don't. They just finish. Yeah, and just like a podcast, we need to finish. <laughs> we do need to finish, but I do love a fade, because it's almost like, in an ulterior universe, that song is going on forever and ever and ever, and I think it's beautiful. Okay, so, bye everyone! Yeah, but if we sing the ketchup song, are we not going to turn our listeners to Satanism and, and make them all heretical? More than what they already are. Okay! Bye! Bye! I said, hey, 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 Night tonight, give me the art, give me the art, and night tonight, give me the art, give me the art, and night tonight.